Howdy folks, Cowboy Bob here again, talking to you live from Chilliquin, Oregon. Man, it's pretty here today. I'll tell you what, you know, we've got 450 acres, 455, something like that. And beautiful view, not a cloud in the sky today, sun shining, about 32 degrees outside. In the wintertime, it just doesn't get a whole lot prettier than this. It's awfully pretty here. We're really fortunate to have such a wonderful location. I thought I'd talk to you about taking back a little time for me. Going back to when I was working out for a woman who used to give rides in Breckenridge, Colorado. Well, that year, that summer, the ski resort there decided they were going to redo things. And they wanted to put a new chairlift in and and they had to cut some trees and cut holes and it was going to be dangerous for her to run her operation there so she decided she'd take a job as a vet tech and she wanted to keep the horses working so she was going to take and she was going to put them in a place called Aspen Ranch and it was a really a nice place it was out in the country a ways and they had about, I'm not sure, about 600 and some acres that you could ride on. And I went out there and she had a young guy that had lived next door to her that was going to do that while she did the vet teching job. Then she realized it's going to take more than one person. So she asked me if I'd come in there. Well, I went in and uh, I talked to her. It looked like great trails. I liked their horses. So I said, sure, I'll be glad to help out. Well, it wasn't but about a week or so that the young guy decided that he was going to move on and do different things. So he left, and so I'm sitting out. I'm out here, and I'm going to run this program by myself. She kept asking me, do you need any help? And I was like, no, I think I can do this all right by myself. So... For that, the rest of the, that that entire summer, I lived in a um, in, in a small cabin there, on the property, and I was by myself, except when customers came, and we had quite a few customers, so I was pretty busy. But I I did all the feeding, I did all the all the uh, brushing, all the currying, all the saddling, unsaddling. Anything to be done with those horses, take people on rides, I did it all. And you know, that was really, I really enjoyed that. Sounds crazy, and I know a lot of people ask me, they said, well, didn't you get lonely? No, I didn't. There was plenty of work to do. There wasn't time to get lonely. So then they say, well, didn't you miss people? Well, my my, uh, wife, she would uh, come up and visit me on the weekend some. And it was, uh, it was a, that part of it was worked out all right. I wouldn't have wanted to do it every year, but for one year, it was pretty nice. So we're sit, I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to figure out how to do all this. And I, I would, we set up this system where I would feed all the horses in their stall, kind of can be sure of what they ate that way. And then I'd turn them all loose in a, a pretty good-sized pasture area. 
where there was a little grass that they could eat and throw a couple of bales of hay out there to tide them over for the evening. Then first thing every morning, I'd go out and I'd take and put a bale in a stall and maybe a little bit of grain and then open the gate. They'd all come in and they'd just head for an empty stall. They'd go in there, put a, uh, put a gate behind them and the horses would stay there and they'd eat. And they, it really was pretty simple. Well, imagine my surprise. One morning I wake up and I go out there and there's one horse missing. Oh my goodness. A missing horse. This is not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. So I'm like, oh my goodness. What in the world happened? To this day, I don't know how that horse got loose. But I was panic stricken. How do you call somebody up, call your boss up, worse, and say, I've lost your one of your horses. A horse you probably paid three, $4,000 for, well-trained, good, easy, trustworthy horse. And I just lost it. And I don't even know how or where he could be. That was not fun. So then I'm sitting there trying to figure out in, in, in what, what I'm going to do next. How am I going to approach this? And then a guy comes up in a truck and he comes in and he says, is anybody here missing a horse? And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, there is somebody here missing a horse. He said, well, I saw a horse back down about four or five miles down, straight down the road there. Uh, if I were you, I'd head on down there. Cause I'm, if I'll, if I'll bet you that's your horse. Well, I'm just sure of it, right? So I had to thank him a lot. Now I'm like, okay, now how am I going to get that horse back here? That could be a problem. So I get a big, I get a lead rope. Then I take another lead rope along with me and another lead rope. So now I got three lead ropes. It's the only thing I could think of. I would take and put those lead ropes together and turn them into one fairly long lead rope. So I drive down there in my truck. And, you know, we got to remember now, this is 6.30 in the morning. And I'm looking and I'm seeing, oh, there's a horse. He's standing there and he's just eating away on the side of the road. So I pulled in right in front of him, got out, walked up slowly to him, talking to him the whole way. He was being as nice and polite as he could be. And life was good, right? So I come up, I put a lead rope on him, and I'm going, now this is going to be the test. So I take, lower my tailgate down, and I tie that rope to the tailgate, and I get in my truck, and we drive about two to three miles an hour with that horse walking behind, tied up in a conglomeration of lead ropes to turn to give a longer rope so he could do that and I'm not feeling good about this there has to have been a better plan but to this day I'm not sure what that better plan would have been so we must have looked like a pretty funny sight driving down the road a couple of people drove by and they weren't happy to see us like this but they were kind enough to slow down and then drive on you know probably late for work and we we're slowing them down
But we get back in there. I get in there and I get him undone and get him out into the herd. And hallelujah, this worked out pretty good. I'm pretty proud of my ingenuity. And to this day, I'm still pretty proud of it. I'm sure there could have been something else I could have done, but I'm not sure what it was. I know that I couldn't find figure it out. So that was just one of the tales. It was a nice place out there. People would drive in. It was about 40 minutes from Breckenridge. So the people had to come in for a ways. And, you know, they didn't like to make reservations. And then they'd show up. And sometimes you'd already have reservations. And by law, I can't take but six people at a time by myself. And they'd show up and they'd have more there than you could, you could handle. That was never a good thing. But you talk about a good place to ride. It was gorgeous. I really, really enjoyed it. We, uh, we had a lot, well, about, like I said, we had several hundred acres. And there were some little cabins around. It was really a nice place. But they'd had some type of falling out with a partnership. And it was just sitting there. And she just rented the right to take rides out of there. I don't think she had to pay much and she didn't we didn't make a whole lot of money but we were we were fairly busy and hopefully she didn't lose much she'd come in once in a while and bring hay uh i really didn't leave the property much once once in a while in the evening i'd go to town uh have cory meet me in town and i'd go into town and we'd have dinner together and a couple of times she came out and spent the night there but for the most part i was there by myself all summer and it was really an experience and a half. I I had this little routine. I'd get up and I'd go out there and get the horses fed. And then I would start saddling them up. And let's say I had a ride that was going to come in and go out at 9 o'clock in the morning. That was kind of a standard time. Well, I, I would want to get up there pretty early. Like 6.30 or 7. So I could saddle my... I could have something to eat and saddle the horses and have them ready to go without hurrying see there's that word that that is that's important to me without hurrying i guess it's two words but the point is everywhere i i go in this uh trail riding venture nobody wants to saddle er or early they want to do it the last minute and then do it as fast as humanly possible. And I'm not going to say that that's all bad, but I am going to promise you it isn't what I had in mind, okay? That's not what I like to do. I like to take my time, and I like to saddle up the horses, talk to them, rub on them, and take a while to saddle. And I've had experienced horse people come behind, along, watch me, and say, Good Lord, it takes you forever to saddle horses. Why do you take so long? I said, because I want to build a relationship with the horse. I want to talk to them. I want to stroke them. I want them to know that I appreciate them taking me for this ride, taking me out on this ride, or the clients. And I want them to be my friend. Well, I'm not sure a lot of people still get that, but that's what I do. And once in a while, she'd stop by, and she'd come out there and she'd go, why are you saddling the horses so early? I said, well, because then when people get here, they're already saddled 
and I don't have to worry about it. She says, but sometimes what happens when you run in a little bit late and you don't saddle any faster than normal? I said, well, if that happens, I'll explain to the people what I'm doing. Invariably, I have almost never had anybody not want to know how I do it. Because if I'm doing it there and they're paying me, they assume, rightly or wrong, that I know more about it than they do. Now, sometimes that isn't true. There are some pretty good writers that would come through there once in a while. Well, we kind of went through that back and forth all the time. But since I'm there running it all the time and she's gone, it's obviously going to be done how I want it done. So I would do it very faithfully. Then one day, we had a bunch of kids come up. Now, I got to tell you something. I love taking young kids. It is so nice. Now, in Colorado, Colorado's uh, about like here in Oregon. You had to be eight years old to ride a trail horse by yourself. And when I first started doing this, now you could be an adult. You could put somebody in front of you on your saddle and take them for a ride. You can't do that anymore. Everybody has to be on their own horse. Insurance companies just won't allow it. Well, these these young kids come out, and they were just they were just so cute. And the young boys, they're wearing cowboy boots and cowboy hats. They're about 10, 11, 9. One of them might have been 8. And young girls. And the girls, they're just in jeans and boots, but they don't have cowboy hats or vests. They just look like young girls you might see at the mall. And they're nervous. Oh, they're nervous. And these young boys, they're just, they're, they're like peacocks. You know, they're strutting around and they're going to, by golly, they're going horseback riding. This is going to be fun. And the little girls are going, yeah, I want to go too, but this is going to be scary. Now listen, not, it doesn't hold true with all kids, but more than not, I'm not trying to be sexist here. You'll see when I, what I mean. So I would get these girls up there and they'd be really tight, really a little scared and those boys would be whooping it up thinking that they were Roy Rogers. Well, I'd think, wow, that's good. That's how I was when I was that age. I love to see this. So we'd leave and we'd go out on the trail and we'd go on a ride. And at first, very, very slowly. And I'd be walk, riding around to all up and down, talking to all of them, watching how they're doing it. And invariably, they would catch on very quickly and the girls that were very afraid wouldn't be so afraid. Well, I've never taken a group of kids like that or a lot of adults that someone doesn't say, well, can we run? Can we run with the horses? Always the boys that wanted to do that. Well, the girls would say, oh, I don't know about that. What do you think? Well, it's up to you. If you don't want to, you don't have to. We won't run. Well, they'd try it. So we'd run. We weren't really running, but we'd do a fast trot. Maybe, say, 20 yards to see how people do. They did pretty well. It's on a straight, straight away area that I always did it on. 
straight and flat, no terrible surprises. So after a while, you know, the girls would be going, well, can we go a little farther and, and speed up a little? So, well, we can try it once and see how it goes. So we'd speed up, and the boys would be going, hey, wait a minute, that's too fast. And we're like, okay, we'd slow down. You guys really want to go slower? Oh, yeah, definitely. And the girls would be giving them a bad time. Come on, you guys are supposed to be cowboys. Aren't you going to pick it up? So finally, these these kids, they'd say, these girls would win out. And they'd say, come on, let's go. Well, pretty soon, they're, run, they're, they're not running. Nobody ever ran. But they'd be going in a pretty fair trot. And those little girls would be in the background saying, hey, Cowboy Bob, can we go faster? Can we pick it up? Come on, I, we really want to go faster. This is not fast enough. And those little boys would be in the background screaming, no, no, we don't want to go faster. Some of them with tears in their eyes. And I'll tell you what. People ask me all the time, say, you're just saying that. It happened most of the time. Those young boys, they, those girls, once those girls got comfortable and settled on those horses, they would ride totally different. They were always the most aggressive. And he, even to this day, when people come to the ranch, it's almost always the women that have the most passion for the run, for the uh, horses. I can't tell you how many times we, people come, they stay in our campground, and then they w- w- want to rent a horse ride. So, so I can't tell you how many times the woman will call and say, yes, we want to uh, book a, a night in your teepee, and then I'm going to get my husband and I go for a horseback ride. And he had he hasn't agreed to it yet, but when he comes home, I'm going to have him do it. Can you just pencil us in? So generally, we say sure. Well, I can't tell you how many times that the women still want to do it, and the guys don't. And I don't understand it exactly. I'm an older guy, and I can't figure out what has happened. But there's been a a complete change in this country. And yeah, there's a lot of cowboys still. I'm not, do not misunderstand me. I am not the only man I know that wants to go take a cowboy ride, ride a horse. But I'm telling you, there's a whole lot more women than men. And I can prove it without the stats that we have here at the at the ranch. It's so many more women than men. It's unbelievable. If it's a single person or two people, it's almost always a woman. Or a woman and her friend. It's amazing. And it just mystifies me. Well, these little kids were the same way. Oh, it was so much fun. I had some I had a blast. I learned so much trying to take care of them. Well, that place was always good for entertainment. I guess as a few a couple two or three weeks later, we're out riding along and we could see a bear. And that bear's off to the right of us. Pretty good ways. And everybody's going, look, is that really a bear? Yes, that is. That's a black bear. Well, can we get closer? We can see it better? And I said, well, I don't know. That's not a very good idea. No, I want to tell you. There were four, four 
writers, and they were writers. They were all people that had written quite a bit, and it wasn't a real scary thing for them to be on a horse taking a ride. So I'm like, well, I guess we could. And they were really wanting to, so I said, all right. So we followed, and we went ahead of where I was guessing where I thought that bear would go. We hightailed it up over there. And, oh, we didn't get that close. We I wouldn't let them get maybe at closest, uh, 75 to 80 yards away. But it was a pretty big thrill for them. Not everybody gets to gallivant through the a meadow to try to cut off a bear so they can see it. It was pretty much fun. I got to tell you, I really did enjoy that. So then the summer's going on pretty good, and a, a really odd thing happened. Uh, a, a guy rented that place so that he could get some horses ready to take them elk hunting. He's a guide, and he wanted to be able to take his, he'd take parties of three or four people out, deer and elk hunting. Not on that property, but on some property down the road. And he wanted to get his horses trained. So I put him in a string, and we'd, we'd switch around. And pretty soon he comes up to me one day, and he says, Bob, I've got a mule that's a gorgeous mule, big black mule, Maggie's her name. And I was wondering if you would be willing to ride her for the next week or two for me as a favor. And I was like, why? Well, she just needs, she's just a little green. She hasn't been ridden much lately. And I'd like to see somebody that knows how to ride, ride her before I start putting uh, guests on. So I said, well, okay, I guess. I wasn't real happy. I'll be honest. I've been riding horses for a long time. Years, decades. But I'd never been on the back of a mule or a donkey. Never seen a reason to. Just wasn't anything I was interested in. Well, I'll tell you, that was a trip and a half. I started riding this big, black, 17-hand mule, Maggie. She was a delight. I had so much fun with her. She was the smoothest ride of any horse or donkey that I've ever ridden since. It was amazing. And she and I had so much fun together. And she was just delightful. We built a pretty good reputation. So, oh, after about a month, he came by and he dropped off a guy who he had hired was going to be a wrangler for him when he took people out on hunts. And, you know, it's none of my business. But I kind of asked the guy, well, how much experience have you had? Oh, I've, I've ridden a lot of horses. So, well, good. So I said, Corey happened to be visiting that period of time. And I said, well, how about you want to go get Maggie over there and put a, a halter on her for me? He said, I'll be glad to. So I'm busy and I'm not paying any attention. I'm doing something else. And pretty soon, Corey's coming over almost at a dead run and she's going Bob you need to get over here we got a problem and I'm like what's the matter this guy can't put a halter on and I said oh come on of course he can you know what's the odds of him being a wrangler for a hunting guide and he can't put a halter on a horse she says I'm telling you he can't do it so I get over there 
I still can't believe this. And of course, you know, Maggie's not cooperating much. I get over there, and that halter was on upside down. Now, those of you that are horse people, you know what I'm talking about. When that halter is upside down, how could you even do it? You know, you got the bottom strap going across her eyes. She can't. She can barely see. And you would think you you're trying to tell me you're an experienced horse person, and this is what you did. All I can say is it was a good thing he wasn't on my payroll because if he had been on my payroll, I would have fired him on the spot. But he wasn't mine. He wasn't. He wasn't my. Uh, I wasn't obligated to to uh, pay him any money, but I was obligated to try to help him some. And I wasn't real crazy about that. But I'll tell you what, moral of that story was, he never did get any better, and I didn't let him try to saddle the horses anymore. He quit coming around. I don't know what they did with him, if they found another job for him. Once hunting season came, they took the horses and they left. They went somewhere else and I didn't have much to do with it, but I knew this. He wasn't getting around any of my horses ever again. Sounds a little harsh, but if you'd seen Maggie that day, anyhow, Maggie and I, we had the best relationship after that. So I, I'm taking her, one day I'm taking a couple out, a woman and her daughter. Her daughter's about 13, 14. And she's on, we get out there, and coming back, we're almost done with the ride, and the little girl's lost her stirrup. Her foot fell out of her stirrup. Didn't really lose it. That's just what I call it. So I stopped Maggie. And Maggie and I, we'd done this a long time, and I just dropped the lead rope on the ground and reins, and I go back, and I get the girl's foot back in. I go back to uh, put my foot on and get in, on, and Maggie's deciding she's going to be playful. So she walks about six foot in front of me and then just turns around and says, now what are you going to do? Well, what can I do? I'm walking after her. So I'm walking a little farther, talking to her, being nice. You know, I see some people yell at them. Well, yell at a horse. See if he comes. Doesn't work that way, okay? That's just not how they react. <laughs> Think about it. If it was you, would you come to the person who instead of asking you nicely to come, they're yelling at you? Well, to get there where we'd gone to begin the ride, we had to go across a wooden bridge over this little pot, over this little creek. wasn't much of a creek, one really a big bridge, but it's about twenty to thirty yards long. Well, for quite some ways back there, Maggie would walk in, in front of me, and as I would get close, she would move a little farther down the trail. She'd wait till I got about five or six feet from her, and then she'd move another ten yards and stand there and just look at me. And then when I got closer, she'd move again. And this young girl and her mother are laughing their heads off. <laughs> and this young girl's going, well, she's going to do that. Do you want to ride my horse while I uh, uh, walk along? I'm a lot younger than you. Well, that angered me. What's you what? What? Just because, you, you know, what are you talking about? You're a lot younger than I am. You can walk farther. No, thank you. 
I didn't say it that badly, but I was like, you know, I can do it. Don't worry about it. It's my job. And of course, I'm now I'm fuming because this horse is not only <laughs> this mule is not only making a fool out of not not only uh, interrupting things, making me not look real good, making a fool out of me. It was a little girl willing to walk along to chase my mule down since I came. So I told him, I said, well, you don't have to worry. We're going to get to that bridge. She hates going across that bridge by herself. She's going to magically stop right at the entrance of that bridge and and wait for me to catch her and crawl on her, and she'll be fine. And they were like looking at me like, yeah, right. Okay, fella, whatever you think. And inside, I was not positive that would happen that way, but it seemed to be the best way to handle the situation at the time. So I'm talking to them, and they're like, you sure you don't want to uh, r- let me ride, and, and I'll I'll do the walking? I'm going, no, ma'am, thank you very much. It's very polite of you to offer, but no, I'm, I've had to walk before, and I'm sure I'll have to walk again. So we get down there by the bridge, and sure enough, Maggie's standing there, eating, nibbling on some grass right before the bridge. She knows the only way she can get back to her stall and her feed is to cross that bridge, but she is not about to do it by herself, not under any circumstances. So I walked up to her, grabbed her reins, put a foot in the stirrup, swung myself in. She didn't blink. So we we walked right on back, and we uh, we went right back to the stables where I, we got off, and I uh, unsaddled everybody's horse. And a little girl was going, wow, that was amazing. I said, yeah, it was amazing, all right. I wasn't thinking of it quite the same way she was. But, you know, if you do this long enough, you're going to get embarrassed once in a while by your horse or your mule. And that was one of those days. I wasn't really angry, but I wasn't happy. And I told Maggie, I said, somehow, some way, girl, I'm going to get even with you. (laughs) Anyhow, that's the end of that story for now. I got lots more. I have some really funny things I want to tell everybody. Once again, anybody that wants to find out more about me, go to heartlineranch.com. You'll find out a lot about us. I look forward to talking to everybody again. Have a happy day. Happy trails. Goodbye.